0: And welcome to Medicine in the Kitchen, where we empower you with simple solutions to everyday health concerns. Welcome back to Medicine in the Kitchen, episode 46. Once again, I'm Yasul, And I'm Felicia, and we're your guides to empowered health. So today we thought, you know, why not talk about a project we kind of both been working on at different times, but we both kind of did this uh, program on our own, actually, I lie felicia kind of introduced it to me but i think it's it's a great thing it's a lot of soul searching and a lot of um shadow self-work i would say
1: Mm -hmm. and
0: felicia do you want to introduce the name of the book
1: yeah so if anyone listening has heard of it before it's called called calling in the one by katherine woodward thomas and i first heard about this book when i was doing my internship back at ccnm and my supervisor was talking about it and she said it was this amazing book and everyone that she knew including herself that had read this book met their significant other after reading this book back then when i first heard about it i was like okay yeah sure it's this magical mysterious book that everyone meets their significant other but actually it's such like a good learning journey that it just like, yeah, once I actually took the time to sit down and read it, it made so much sense why people would meet their significant other, because you're just kind of like working on yourself and, and getting to know yourself better so that you're ready to be in a relationship with someone.
0: Mm -hmm. And honestly, when you told me that story, I was like, "Mm, I'm still skeptical about this. I don't know. I mean, maybe mm, I don't know. Right. Mm -hmm. So I was like, really like, "Eh, maybe I'll just read it and see what happens. I mean, at least for me, I think after I'd done Amelia's program, this kind of was like a next level kind of thing for me. So if anybody remembers Emilia Love from like, whew, I think first season when we talked about spirituality, yeah. she has this great program focusing on women. And I think we actually have a Amicia, the one girl that's actually my coach for that program, probably give us a lot more detail about it. But uh, Emilia focuses on women that are 30 and older, I believe. But you can do it if you're younger. It's okay. She has said that before. Mm-hmm. And um, it's all about finding happiness. And again, I was like, mm. I don't know, right? Yeah. And I believe I learned about, sorry, were you going to say something? No, no. I was just agreeing with you. (laughs) (laughs) When I first heard about this, I was still working at the Mad Hatters, and I heard a little bit about it from the owner who was doing it. I was like, oh, it sounds cool, but like, again, I'm still not 100% sure. So I checked out her website, and I was like, "Mm, maybe, I don't know. When we talked to her, I did the program, and I was like, wow, it's intense. It's less weeks than this one because this one, calling in the one is like seven weeks program. Mm-hmm. The other one, I think, is four to six weeks. I'm not really sure. Six weeks, six weeks, because it's three weeks they kind of break you down and three weeks that bring you back up, kind of thing. I'm not going to go into too much detail because I'm, I'm going to leave that for Onisa. But I think, had I not done that one, I would not have been doing this one, if that makes sense. Okay. So
1: that one was kind of like, a s- kickstarter for you and then this one was just like the next level
0: yes because the book they use for that one is called a return to love and I believe it's by, oh, by Marion Williamson yes yes okay and both of them like this one and a return to love they both use a book oh I forgot the name of it so they their course in miracles yeah yes they both talk about that a lot so I'm like Hmm. Maybe I should get A Course in Miracles and work on that one next.
1: Yeah, I actually, I, I haven't read Marianne Williamson's book or A Course in Miracles, but I've just heard so much about it and I've gotten so many snippets from it and like different ideas and theories from it from different people that I feel like I have, but I should probably actually read it at some point.
0: Well, I have the book. I can totally lend it to you.
1: Okay. I might have to you up on that.
0: Yeah, no problem. Like, you lend me yours. Which, by the way, when you told me about it, I ended up ordering online the the book as well. Because I'm like, if it works, and if I have to do other things, I don't want to ruin the Felicia's book or anything. I want to have a copy. So there's a revised and expanded edition.
1: yeah. Yeah, and I think that's pretty cool, too, and I'm, I'm kind of interested to hear like what the updates are, because, yeah, I did the older version.
0: Which, actually, I have information for you on that one, because my friend downloaded, because I did it with a friend, who's actually also a listener of our podcast, which I'm really happy about, and actually, you know her. She showed up at the book club. Okay, nice, Yeah, yeah. So oh, she, she
1: has. So she's the one that you're doing. That you yeah. Doing the course with. Oh, cool! That's so great. How is she finding it?
0: Well, that's that's what I'm getting at. She has the audio version, but it's the old version. So I think the first week was the biggest difference for us. Well, she was like you know cleaning her room and making vision boards and I don't know I I forget what the first couple of weeks were for her. Yeah, I was writing down letters and writing down all these things like there were other activities which had me crying every single night
1: oh my gosh so that that is a big difference then
0: yeah the, like the first week I think is the biggest one the first week in a bit
1: okay interesting
0: mm-hmm. yeah I remember the
1: first the first week of the book for me too was Okay, cleaning the room, making vision boards. It was it was actually kind of fun.
0: Yeah, my first week was like, why am I doing this again? I'm just <laughs> crying. Oh, no.
1: Well, I'm glad it wasn't a deterrent. Like, you stuck with it and kept going.
0: Again, if I hadn't done the previous one where I had, like, cry fast every single week, mm-hmm. I would not have been, like, able to do this one.
1: Okay. Yeah, for me, it was... I don't even remember how I ended up deciding to actually read it. Cause like I said, I heard about it for the first time back in when I was an intern and then didn't really think anything of it. And then it wasn't until like, I think it was two years ago, three years ago now that mm-hmm. I, that I sat down and read it. Maybe I had more time and I was like, okay, I'm actually going to do this and stick with it. Um, but yeah, I'm glad that I did.
0: Why don't you tell us like your experience with it and then I'll tell you my version.
1: Yeah, so I did the the seven-week course with my cousin. Um, we did it together. She was in BC and I was here and we met virtually once a week at the end of like, because each week has a little summary at the end that you kind of go through and if you're doing i would definitely suggest that if you're doing this course you're doing it either with someone else or um or at least have a therapist or someone you can talk to because yeah stuff does come up um so yeah i did it i did it with her and it took us longer than seven weeks just with life and getting busy and we We weren't able to do it every day, but we did, we did stick with it. I think it probably ended up taking us eight or nine weeks. Yeah, it was a lot of just realizations, like realizing beliefs that I had that I didn't realize that I held or um, realizing patterns in my life that I didn't, didn't realize until actually sitting down to reflect on it. Mm -hmm. Um, a lot of the the meditation aspect of it too was really cool because I I did get like visualizations and um things like that that sort of manifested down the road which was super cool
0: um nice
1: yeah yeah so it was good and I really liked the um Like a lot of the techniques and stuff in there, I don't know if yours had it, but mine had what she called a God box. You had to make a God box and basically put all of like your worries and fears and things that you're stressing about into this box. And then if you want to stress about it again, you have to go into the box and pull it out. Um, oh,
0: that's cool. I don't remember that. I'm going to have to go through the book and see if it's in there. And then maybe I just, you know, like skipped it. But... Okay.
1: Yeah, I don't know. That was one of my favorites. I, I even use that with with patients now a lot. For patients who worry a lot. I, I call it a worry box because I find not everyone's comfortable with the language of God or, mm-hmm. or that. But yeah, I, that's been a tool that I've been using ever since.
0: And if you don't mind me actually interrupting, Mm -hmm. one thing that I do like with both A Return to Love and this one, they do use like the whole God thing and everything. But in A Return to Love, they explain it as they're going to use the Catholic wording for certain things, whether it's sacraments and God or whatever. But you can substitute it for if you want, instead of God, it could be your higher self. It could be you. It can be the universe. It can be whatever you identify with that and how she explains sin and all these other things she gives you a good uh, explanation about but then just continues using the same language so it's kind of like you have to know the definitions before you continue into the book and i don't know about in the original but i know that in the revised version there are certain activities that like when you write a letter to god or you do like prayer or meditation or something it says God, universe, higher power, and stuff like that. So you have options as to what you want to do. It does not just focus on a God kind of thing.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I do remember that as well.
0: Okay, um, awesome. I did uh, have on um, the other one.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, which I yeah I thought was great. Um, because, yeah, different people use different terminology. But overall, it's the same message. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and... I think, yeah, that's pretty much my experience with it. And then I finished the book and I, I found it also. So I think my original perception of the book was like, it was this book that people were saying was magic. Like you read it and you would meet, you would meet the one. And I didn't realize it was actually just like a growth, like self- self-growth sort of program Mm -hmm. yeah I was I was amazed. like I was really impressed with it and when I finished the book it didn't just help me with with relationships or like my relationship with men or, or all of that it did help with that but it also helped me with my career my relationship with work and patience and my relationship with the community and my relationship with my family like it, it was so far-reaching. It was pretty
0: cool. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I have to agree on that. I think that the title, well, okay, from what my friend also says, it's very cheesy, the way it's written and stuff like that. I kind of like it because reading the, the stories and parts of the lesson of other people doing that program kind of helps you focus on what you kind of have to do for the activity. Because my other friend, I'll explain this part later, but like my other friend heard the ending and she's like, whoa, what are you guys doing? And then she read the activity with us. And she's like, had I not heard the last little bit, my mind would have gone somewhere else completely when it came to the activity, right? Mm. So I found that nice. But I feel like the title itself, we, uh, we automatically think we're talking about somebody else, somebody <laughs> out there. But maybe it's more calling in the one as in the one inside ourselves,
1: oh. right? Oh, yeah, that's, that's good insight
0: because you really are focusing on you, Mm -hmm. whether or not you like realize that you are forgiving yourself. You're forgiving a lot of people in your life that have possibly wronged you, whether they realize it or not. You have to forgive yourself because there was one activity that had me in tears and it was later in the book, which was with the mirror and you have to forgive yourself. That one was really tough, at least for me. Like, Like you were saying, you realize patterns. For me, I noticed the same thing coming over and over and over. And I was like, I thought I was done with you. I thought I had healed this part of me. I thought, you know, I had been somewhere else. And my friend who was doing the program, she's like, Well, it's like taking one step forward, two steps back. And then uh, my best friend actually said, I don't think it's like that, which I really liked her point of view in this. She says, It's actually taking things into perspective. You think you're up here. When in reality, you're, you've made improvements. So you're not at the bottom anymore, but it's making you realize where in that ladder you actually are, not where you think you are. Mm. Right. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting.
0: So I least for me, like I did this with uh, our, uh, the friend that we all know. And as we were doing the program, I actually, I think I mentally did an activity, and then, like, a couple of weeks later, I asked me to reflect on that activity. And I had to redo it because I didn't write it down. But um, mm-hmm. I really enjoyed it, even though, like, it totally made me cry for the first week in a bit. And then I went up north to see my friend, and one of the activities was you are writing things down and you're going to burn that into the fire to release it. Yes, I remember that one. Yeah. So it was that day. And it was the three of us. We had just had a great time in the water. We had listened to part of the thing. My friend said her point of view on that. We each had a lot of baggage that we kind of had to come clean about in one way or another. I mean, I had broken down by the water at this point. And I don't know what, but I think between the other book and this book, I had no brain to mouth filter and emotions and things that I never felt safe to say just came out of me. And I was like, My brain's literally like, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up. My mouth just keeps going. And I'm like, oh my God, I have no control. What is going on, right? Mm -hmm. So that was like a really weird experience for me. But at the same time, it felt so good to actually be able to share some of it. Well, that night we had like the fire. We were all super excited because it was the first night we're going to have s'mores. And we have a whole inside joke now that we want, men like we want marshmallows. It was fun, but... (laughs) Before the whole marshmallow fun, um, we each wrote down on a piece of paper. Well, it actually is really nice to see how everybody writes their things. My one friend wrote about her relationships in a picture and her hopes and dreams in that. And then my other friend, she wrote this very lovely letter, I think, about herself. The language in that was beautiful as well. And then there was me. Like for every page, there was like two or three words, just plain, simple, straight to the point, which really showed our personalities. I didn't think they were gonna force me to actually read it out loud. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh my god, are you guys kidding me? I hate you so much right now. Mm -hmm. Not really, I love them, but still. So I went first because I was like, I'm just gonna rip off the bandage. This is it, whatever. And like saying those words, I was so stressed. I was like, I can't believe I'm stressing out. My hands are sweating. I'm shaking, and I don't, I hope they don't know what it said, I'm shaking. And I, like, read the words as fast as I could and just threw it in the fire because I'm like, F this, nope. (laughs) And then once that was done, I was like, okay, breathe. No more tears. You cried enough today. Like, chill, no? (laughs) And they were like, oh, we're so proud of you and everything. I was like, yeah, you better be. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I was having a moment right there. And then my friend went up and she's like, oh, oh, this is really nerve-wracking. Yeah, yeah, B, you understand why I was like panicking over here in my corner. (laughs) (laughs) So she read hers. And there was a lot that we didn't know that was going on in her life. And she didn't tell me till the next day. She's like, I actually want to thank you guys because that was really cathartic for me. It opened my eyes to many things. It made me think afterwards after the fire. I did a lot of self-reflecting and it really helped. And my other friend, like she had her moment too. And thank God we had Kleenexes and mm-hmm. marshmallows afterwards because we needed that. And honestly, we ended up calling the vacation. Well, vacation, Kornova, soul vacation. Because every day we would work on the book or we would do an activity that was kind of focused on mindfulness. So like we did rock paintings, we we focus oh, on that um so good. Oh, it was so great. Honestly, I think you should have been there. Actually, mm, I'll tell you the story about the issues we had going up north. That may not have been so much fun for you, but the rest would have. Oh, uh, trauma, PTSD. I swear. Oh um, <laughs> Oh boy. Yeah, that one we'll see for later. Um, but like we did, like a lot of stuff. We were in nature all the time, so I think that also really helped. We did a lot of grounding without realizing. We were in water, which was you know. As we all know, water has like the whole thing with emotions. It's very mm-hmm. female energy based. So, without actually consciously aiming for that, we actually did create a soul vacation.
1: Yeah. Oh, that's amazing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, sorry, you were saying something else.
1: I'll let you finish first and then I'll do my thing.
0: Okay. I was just going to say that I think it was at one point in the book. We actually needed that because we were like more than halfway, I think it was like week five. So, you had done a lot of the work, you were releasing stuff, you were focusing more on changing different aspects about you, and it just like it, it just fit.
1: Oh, that's so perfect! And uh, what I was gonna say is, that I think you brought up a good point too, and like the importance of sharing these things with others because I feel like when We have these things that we're that are painful or we're ashamed about. They just once you share them with someone else, they lose their power over you, and it's it's hard to do, like you said, it's terrifying. Mm -hmm. But then once you do, it's like, oh, yeah, like everyone kind of has this stuff too in different ways, and Mm -hmm. it's it's not that big of a deal and it's just even writing it sometimes has that effect too of, of it you write it and you see it on paper and it's like oh yeah I guess it's not that big of a deal like it just sort of loses its power and provides like an opportunity to connect with others and have a soul moment like like you did
0: and I guess you know I, I never really understood why people journaled because you give me a blank piece, oh a blank piece of paper, whether lined or not, I will doodle. That is my automatic thing to do, right? And if I have to write, I'll probably write a story. I don't actually feel like writing my emotions or feelings down. Well, in general, I don't like expressing those to begin with. Yeah. But like that's part of the healing process, right? That's like why can't you express those feelings? which at times we don't even realize it's something that's been ingrained in us for different reasons. Right.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: So Mm -hmm. that's, that's been part of my healing, which I'm like, huh, 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 these emotions (laughs) I never knew existed. (laughs) Hello there. Um, Yeah. And that's
1: actually something that I noticed too, when I was doing the, the book, like, I was never really wanted to journal either. I didn't really understand it. I would sit down to journal and be like, what, like, I don't get this. But yeah, like, even sometimes when I was writing, like you said, like, things would come up as I was writing that I didn't even realize I was thinking about or, like, I didn't even realize it was a thing and then it's on the paper and I'm like, whoa, I just wrote that. Oh, my God, that makes so much sense.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. And I feel like, I think there are agendas or stuff like that, like gratitude journals and stuff like that, where they have like little prompts. Mm-hmm. Yes, I believe so. Because the one friend that we went up north, she has one and she used to do one every single night. But I don't think they have enough of an explanation. Because I remember when she described something about her gratitude journal, she showed it to me. There were a couple of things she couldn't answer or she didn't think about it in a different way. just like. In the book we were both working on, The Calling in the One, there was one activity where it says something that you're good at or something like that. Mm -hmm. I forget exactly. Her mind automatically went to academics. And she believed she wasn't the best in academics because of how she was always a B student and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Versus my mind went automatically to, well, I can draw. I can bake. I don't know what else. I forgot what I wrote, but stuff like that. I didn't even think about academics. Well, her mind went there. So same thing with the gratitude journal. It's just the same prompt every day. So it's like, what are three things you're grateful for? What are three things you want to accomplish or things like that? So she's thinking long-term instead of short-term for some of the activities or doesn't see different things, right? So when you were talking about having somebody else talk to you about these things and it loses its power... I think it's also empowering to hear what other people think about you. So my best friend, this is completely not from this book, but we once had a conversation, if you had surgery, what would you fix? And like she went on about certain things that she would fix. And one of the things that she mentioned was her nose. And I was like, why? I love your nose. Like That's one of my favorite features about you, right? Mm
1: -hmm. And
0: then some of the stuff that I would fix is like, why would you do that? Like, that is, like, so beautiful on you, whatever. So it's like, oh, so something I dislike, hate, or whatever, somebody actually else finds it attractive or nice or whatever it might be, right? Mm-hmm. Same thing with emotions. And I think even your worth. like what I was saying with my friend, she was thinking just academics for that one activity. And that she was driving and I was telling her, I'm like, no, you're patient. You're very empathetic. Like, you have different qualities and things that you're very, very good at. Again, during our, um, oopsie, going up north, well, I was literally having a panic attack, probably. She was having it inside her head, but externally, she was like, we're going to maintain calm and, like, move through this whole thing.
1: Okay, now I really work. want to hear about what happened
0: going up north. Um, So my friend, my best friend, she told us to, Type on the Google Maps, the uh, village closest to her island. So, one, way up north, that's debris. Mm-hmm. Me like the, you know, genius I am. I was like, let me see if I can find the island on Google Maps. So, horseshoe Island camp. And I did. I was like, oh, why bother, you know, like calling her? Because I know she's going to be busy because everybody shows up on Saturday. Why not just make her life easier and just go to the place? So, we're driving, and I'm still like kind of injured from my fall, mm-hmm. and I can't drive all the way there. So, we switch every once in a while. And my friend ends up driving for the rest of it. Mm-hmm. And we get to, we pass a few signs that say, Welcome to beautiful Matachiwan. And the Google Maps says, Turn left into like a random side room. We're like, Okay, turn left. Mind you, last time I went to this island was like probably three to four years ago. It was really dark. We had lost the tire in the car. So, It already started off wrong, and what I remember, it was a super bumpy side road with bushes on the side, and I couldn't tell much, but I was, like, in so much pain back then. Now, (laughs) this time around, I'm injured, still daylight, thank God. We hit this dirt road, it's bumpy, we see, like, some random people, well, we actually don't see the people, we see a campsite with, like, trucks and kid things so were like oh it's a family camping out here in the middle of nowhere in the bush okay weirdos but sure whatever mm-hmm. we keep driving deforestation and google maps says turn to the right and i remembered it was a left, then a right i don't know how i remember these things but that was like the only thing i remember mm-hmm. and as we're turning it's a bush and just these two tire tracks and she's like are you sure this is the place i'm like well that's what google maps says i mean yes i remember going through a dirt road then to a small side road with like forest beside me and we're like okay let's drive so we drive and we see kind of like a little ditch and by little I mean like a little big ditch and I was like you know what just floor it let's just get there I can't stand the pain let's just go and we keep driving we keep driving and the bush keeps getting like tighter and tighter like the branches are literally scraping the car (laughs) I hope my parents are not listening to this (laughs) And um, we got to the end of the road. It says that we still have a couple kilometers to go. And then there's just the end of the road, rocks, and then the road again on the other side. And then there's water. I'm like, well, I'm pretty sure this is the lake, but this is not the dock. This is definitely not the dock. So at this point, I'm slightly panicking on the inside because my phone is not charging and my phone is the only one with reception, which we currently don't have. <sighs> And my car has like quarter tank gas and we have this massive van in a teeny little spot for driving and we're in the bush. And I'm like, oh man, we're going to die. (laughs) We are going to die. And I'm in pain. This is great. So I told my friend, you know what? Do a three-point turn if you can. I'm going to take a pill. Hopefully that'll get me through the rest of this. We're going back. And so we do that. And then we kind of hit the ditch again. And she's like, should I just go straight or to the side? I'm like, oh, my parents usually when there's like a bump in the road or something, they kind of do this thing where they go on the side and then they go over. it. Why don't we try that? So we did that. <clears throat> we don't get over the ditch. Oh, no. So we're stuck. There's flies, wasps. I don't even know what else is flying out there. And so like, my, I can't get out on my side of the door because trees won't let me open the door. So she gets out. I have to climb out on that side. We, she tries pushing the van. Doesn't work. I have to get out. We start putting rocks and sticks, whatever we can find around. I'm like trying to get rid of the bugs as well. To kind of lift or make a little ramp for the car. She ends up getting in the car. Eventually, we, I push part of the car out while she hits the gas. And I'm like, you know what? Let me get rid of a few of the big, big stones that are in the way. You're just going to hit the gas and you go straight. I'm going to move out of the way. Hopefully, that will do it. Mm -hmm. so thankfully that's how we get out of the ditch get in the car and I'm like I have no service and I've lost where we are on the Google Maps Mm
1: -hmm.
0: let's just go back the way we came and maybe we'll ask the family that are camping for help we drive back we end up finding the place where the family is camping we get out there's an outhouse by the way so it's not totally remote camping which Mm -hmm. I'm really curious as to what an outhouse is doing there It's just bush, deforestation and bush. Like, there's nothing. We walk around. We're, like, pretty much screaming, hello, anybody there? the water that's close by still. So, like, nothing is moving. Oh, my gosh. And we're all like, this is, you know, kind of a horror movie thing. (laughs) Let's just get back in the car and just drive back to the main road. As we're driving, I get one bar, and I'm like, stop the car. (laughs) So I call my friend. She finally answers, and she's like, how are you guys? And we're like, oh, thank God you answered. We're not okay. We're lost. <laughs> yeah, eventually, we kind of drove back to one of the main cities that we saw for a little bit until we noticed a sign, and we texted my, my friend's mom. She told us to turn around, go towards Matachewan. I'm like, I thought we were already in Matachuan. She's like, no, you haven't hit this one gas station. You're not in Matachewan. So we went there. We ended up. gas in the car we didn't really care about the price at this point Mm -hmm. I kept smelling smoke but that was from the deforestation I thought my car was having an issue oh no eventually a few other things happened that are not really that important but we managed to make it there and I was like thank god I'm not moving from this place
1: (laughs) oh that does sound like like quite an ordeal I'm glad the weekend was worth it though
0: It was so totally worth it, but still just like, I'm never coming back up here. (laughs) But yes, completely off topic, but that was the... um, It was a good tangent. I was curious. Oh, man. So if anybody wants to go to the island, it's beautiful. Google my one and then call them. Don't do what I did.
1: Talk to someone who actually knows where they're going. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's, yeah, that's an ordeal. I, I feel like it, maybe, maybe it's even too soon to laugh about it, but it's a really good story. <laughs> it's, it's fine.
0: Like, at this point, I already laughed about it, and, like, her dad already gave me crap the first, you know, five seconds of seeing me there. I was like, I know, please not right now, up, but he just kept pulling. I was like, okay, well, <laughs> might as well.
1: Oh. And then you yeah. had a lovely weekend of soul-searching and
0: calling in the one. Yes, yes. <laughs> and I'm actually not done the book. I'm on the last week, so I have a few more days. But I do agree that you start seeing relationships with people differently, and maybe you don't even notice that you've shifted a little bit, but the way people react to you is differently.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, I even noticed the way I reacted to people was different, too. Like, what, I think one of the biggest takeaways I got from it that I didn't realize quite right away, but I realize even more now, is, like, after kind of going through those seven weeks, I it started sort of a process for me of, like, accepting myself as I am. Mm-hmm and once you like i feel like once i was able to accept myself as i am and stop criticizing myself all the time and like don't get me wrong that still happens and i do Mm -hmm. moments where that inner critic is like strong um i hear you yeah but but once i once i started accepting myself as i am and and stopped trying to be something that I wasn't or, or get down on myself because I wasn't something that I thought I should be. It was easier for me to accept other people as they are and like less critical of... I mean, I feel like I was always more critical of myself than others, but I feel like you can't be critical of yourself without also being critical of those who are close to you, if that makes sense.
0: Yes. And I feel like, I don't know if this happens to you, but there are times when you see what people are acting in you, or they say something, you'd be like, I would have reacted differently instead of what I'm doing right now. Or certain things that would have triggered you don't trigger you as much, or certain things still trigger you, but you take a like, step back and you're like, why is that triggering me? Yes. Is is it the behavior that they're doing that I know I do myself and it irks me? Or yes. is it really just them being bad kind of thing?
1: Exactly. And honestly, I feel like every time someone's behavior is irritating you or like really like stirring something in you, it's probably because it's triggering you in some way that you need to heal and work on because if someone's doing something wrong and you know it's wrong usually like the only anger that would come would be from injustice if it was something that was really wrong but then you Mm -hmm. kind of take action to to do something about that and protect people who need to be protected or whatnot but usually when someone's kind of making you angry it's yeah it I find I found before the before doing like all the self work if someone did something it was like they need to change their behavior they need to do this differently but then now it's like okay this is this situation is really irritating me why what do i need to do to make this situation less irritating for me or what do i need to work on like what's there and it, it just changes – it changes the dynamic with people because you're not, you're not trying to control the situation or other people. Your happiness sort of comes from yourself.
0: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Which is why, like, honestly, I feel like when it says calling in the ones and, like, the seven weeks to attract the love of your life, I'm like, you're talking about yourself yeah. without actually realizing it. You're really talking about yourself. And I find that, like, recently when I've gone out, a lot of people have approached me and started talking to me. I'm minding my own business. Sometimes I look like a complete slob, and these people just come up to me and start talking to me. And I'm like, okay, hi, yeah, sure, whatever. Like, I'm so confused as to what's going on. But instead of actually saying what I just said, I actually react friendly and kind and whatever. But instead, of my mind says, like, why are you talking to me? Why are you approaching me? I don't even know you stay away, but like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it like approaching things that way
1: changes your whole relationship with the world. And you learn so much more and you have these interactions that you wouldn't have otherwise had. And I I think that like resistance to talking to strangers sort of thing. I mean, there could be a lot of things that go into that. Um, maybe as kids, it was a way to protect ourselves. Um, but yeah, I I love talking to strangers. I I remember a few years ago, um, I did. So for Lent every year, I always do some sort of challenge to push myself out of my comfort zone. And mm-hmm. a few years ago, I did having random conversations with people, one random conversation a day. And oh wow, you're brave. It was hard. At that point, too, I was—I'm still quite shy now. But at that point, I was even more shy. So it was hard, and there was lots of sweating involved. And but I did it, and I learned so. Like I—I learned so much. Like I remember this one conversation. Um, just randomly, I was getting my passport renewed. And this lady was standing in line in front of me and it's like, okay, this could be a good random conversation for the day. So I just kind of smiled and said hello. And it opened up this whole conversation where she told me about these things called pine berries, which was like a white strawberry uh, with red seeds that tasted like pineapple. I was like, is this real? Is this lady like legit like where is this a thing and that's how I discovered pine berries and that they were a thing and now I grow them in my garden and it's just like that wouldn't have happened if I hadn't just had this random conversation with this random stranger
0: Mm yeah it's funny how things work out and I mean if people are wondering why we're talking about this and how this relates to like medicine in the kitchen Well, I think it works really well because we do have that debrief once a week and for every single one of the weeks, you can totally have a cup of tea, which you probably will need as you're working through this. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's a way of healing mentally, physically, and spiritually.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I think if you've listened to... But like any of our podcast episodes, you probably get an idea of our approach to health, which I think is quite holistic in that mind-body-spirit comes into play. And I think, I think, I feel like calling in the one addresses all three. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was definitely a form of medicine for sure, I think. Or Definitely,
0: are healing at the very least. Mm-hmm. It really lets you see you for who you are. Makes you really introspect a lot, which not everybody's happy to do. Heck, we all know that we need it. We may not like it, but we need it. Um, honestly, choose a journal that looks pretty, that calls to you, because there are really times where it's really tough, and at least you have a nice pretty cover that would be like, oh, yay, but pretty book. Oh, it has terrible things written inside because I'm going to cry again, but it's pretty. It's calling me, you know? <laughs> Something to motivate you for those tough, tough days or tough weeks, depending on which part is a little more challenging for you. But whether or not you're actually looking to find the love of your life or whatever that might be, maybe give it a try. Not so much for, like, again, both of us were kind of like, mm, I don't know if this is going to work for, like, attracting somebody. But I think, like I've mentioned before, you really learn to love yourself, which I think is the main purpose of the book, mm-hmm. the real hidden, hidden meaning behind the book. I mean, Catherine may or may not agree with me, but I feel that's what the book's really about.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think so, too. Um, and like you said, the, like that perspective on the title... Just makes the title seem so much more brilliant because I think the title "Calling in the One" probably speaks to a lot of people who are like really wanting a relationship or like feeling that need for something more in their life, and so in that way, it it kind of draws those people in, or even like people like me who's, who are just kind of curious, like um well like what is this book but then once you actually read it and it's like it helps make you more whole in a way
0: mm-hmm. and when people you know are always like oh your other half we always think that somebody else is going to fill that hole mm-hmm. but that's not what it is like you have to be whole yourself in order to give yourself somebody else
1: yes Right? yeah and oh my gosh I like how you phrased it that way too because I think also in our in our society today a lot of a lot of the time when we talk about relationships it's like what can that person bring me or what can that person bring into my life but the way mm-hmm. you phrased it right there is like your whole and what can I give to someone else and I think seeing it from that side like what can I bring to this relationship? What can I give? It just changes the whole
0: dynamic of the relationship. Mm -hmm. And I had to struggle with a lot of it too. Like I know that I grew up in a way in a very traditional family when it comes to gender roles. So my expectation has always been the guy will provide like money wise. Right. So Mm -hmm. I've always expected for like love interest kind of thing that they will be the one to have more money for whatever we need. Mm-hmm. When I'm like, well, why am I waiting for them to have the money so I can get things that I want? Why don't I work for what I want? And then the person that I meet will match my standards. Yes. Right? So it, it does put things in a bit of more, in a different perspective because you have a certain idea, but it kind of throws things, for a loop in certain parts and it's like what do you really want not what you're expected to have what is it that you really want what is it what you need to heal and what are, what are your expectations and how do you meet those expectations in order to have somebody else meet those expectations
1: yes yeah and that's such a good point for healing overall because even like in practice a lot of the time, and I myself have said this a lot too where it's like oh like I can't do this because I don't have enough money or I can't do this because I need a partner to do it or I can't do this because I have this illness and it prevents me from doing it and it's like realizing okay well what is it that you want to do and how can you do that without having this partner or with having this illness like And there's always a way to to make your dreams happen if it's something that you really want. Um, And like you said, getting that perspective and realizing, oh, I don't need to wait for someone to come bring this to me. It's something that I can do. I could start making happen like now. And like you said, like along the way, maybe you meet your significant other doing the same thing and you're both in alignment now and that you have something to offer each other you know like it's yeah i i liked that that perspective that the book brought
0: to mm mm-hmm. and i remember once reading a book it was about manifesting mind you i was like really young and i was like reading this and i was like i have no idea lady what you're talking about you're smoking something and <laughs> you clearly ain't sharing but um i have never found that book again Honestly, god i have not oh, found it i have asked oh. at the library when i got it and they have no clue about this book so it showed up in my life i didn't get through all of it i remember renewing it twice but i remember this one specific thing thing she said because she was doing a vision board which is something that we had to do in this book Mm -hmm. and she said that she put like because she wanted dogs instead of children and she put the images of guys that looked exactly like the way she wanted and stuff and different personality things and she found the guy she found the guy that was perfect that matched everything she's ever wanted but as soon as she started having a relationship with them she realized it wasn't what she wanted
1: Mm-hmm. he was
0: not right for her and after all she had to work on her healing and stuff and all these things and eventually she found somebody that may not have looked exactly like what she wanted but emotionally and like intellectually and all that was everything she needed
1: mm-hmm. yeah yeah and I feel like that happens often the, I'm remembering an exercise in calling in the one where uh, she asked you to sit and visualize the ideal relationship you want and like really experience it and, and be in that moment. And she gives you like prompts to kind of get there. But I remember doing that exercise and realizing, wait, wait a minute. I don't, this is not what I really want. Like, I don't want to be in this experience right now and that's what kind of shifted things for me in that okay maybe that's that's not exactly the type of relationship that I want and maybe it's something else mm-hmm. and yeah sometimes sometimes it takes actually being well I think you have to have like a certain amount of, of self-knowledge and self-awareness to realize that okay this isn't f- This isn't
0: for me and be able to kind of move on from that. Yeah, I agree. And honestly, for those listeners who are like, oh, yes, I totally want to try this book, or those that are listening and they're like, oh, heck no, I do not want to touch this with a 10 foot bowl, (laughs) it's understandable. It's a lot of work and it shatters a lot of illusions you may have, especially the illusions that we have thrown at us from social media, TV, whatever it may be. Whether it be like friends to lovers, enemies to lovers, really abusive relationships that are somehow magically turned into romance, and you know, that's going to fix itself. Mm -hmm. Or like the whole concept of soulmate, twin flame, and all these things that just constantly bombard us with this perfect idea of marriage or whatever it might be. And in reality, once you actually think about it, you're like, would I actually want that? You start even seeing certain things, well, at least I do and everybody analyzes things too much, even when I read or watch TV. But there are moments when I sit down, I'm like, these people in real life would never work. Hmm. Their behaviors would not have changed like that, just because of love. Yeah. Right.
1: Yeah. And I feel like when you let go of this idea of how things should be, it opens you to like, how they're meant to be. And that's when you kind of like, for me, like, I, I realized, like, this is so much better than I thought, than what I thought things should be like. Like, I didn't even really realize that this is what it could be, you know?
0: hmm And feeling like you break a cycle. Yeah. Yeah. You break a cycle, you break out of that illusion. If anybody remembers the whole, like, allegory of the cave that I mentioned a long time ago,
1: Oh, it's kind of like that. You remember this?
0: It's like the person that leaves the cave where people are just staring at a wall because there's shadow puppets behind them and people think that there's actual people over there and they're enslaved when in reality there's nothing holding them. And then the yeah. one person leaves, gets blinded by the light, but then sees all the beauty out there, comes back tries to get people to leave. And they're like, no, I'm happy in my own, like, little world. That's the cycle. That's the illusion you're stuck in.
1: Yeah. When you break free,
0: it's hard. It's shocking. But there's so much more out there.
1: hmm Yes, that, that is such a good parallel. Yeah, that's that's perfect for for this case, too. The universe usually has things for us that are, like, way better than we can imagine until we kind of break out of that idea of what things should be like.
0: And honestly, I think divine timing is part of it, too. I don't know about you, but had we gotten this book in our hands way back when? Would we be, A, willing to read it, Be as open as we currently are to have the activities that are in it, and see will we actually change, not just do the activities, but like, meh, I'm still going to be stuck in my ways?
1: Yeah, it's true. It's true. And I I feel like there are probably lots of people that pick up this book and start reading through it and either don't have the time or lose interest. And it's probably not not the right time or or whatnot. And yeah, divine timing. Yeah, that's definitely a thing.
0: I think in the last, this last week, it talks about like the universe trying to communicate with you through different things, whether it be numbers. Synchronicities and numbers, or in just general other types of synchronicities. So maybe this book showed up, and then something else you do is gonna be talking about the same thing or something similar. So, for example, Return to Love. And then, like six months later, I'm in this book, kind of thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I
1: think that was something that I found super cool after reading the book, too, was once you start paying attention to the events in your life and those synchronicities you start seeing them so much more and it almost like i almost use them now as like a guiding tool of like am i on the right track here because it's just like they can be that reliable
0: Mm -hmm. i think it's kind of like what the book says she calls it like the hot and cold game that we played as a kid the more we see the synchronicities, the more you are leaning towards the hot versus the less you see them, you're leaning towards cold.
1: hmm Yes. Yeah, exactly.
0: I feel like we can keep going on about like our personal take on this or mm-hmm. actually go through our activities, which, you know, are rather personal. But if anybody actually wants to talk to us about it, I'm open. Mm-hmm. Um. But I think we can pretty much end it there and let people take a chance and, you know, check it out for themselves. Yeah, yeah. I think that was probably a good snippet.
1: Hopefully we didn't ramble in tangent too much. But I think, yeah, I think that was good. And yeah, le- definitely let us know if you've read the book. And mm, what yes. it's like. Because, yeah, it's it's a pretty cool book and I love hearing people's stories from after they've read the book. A lot of, a lot of people I know had definitely had their lives changed after reading the book, myself included. So, and it sounds like you're not even done the book yet, Hazel, and you're already like big impact. So.
0: Yes. And I honestly, I feel like next time you should do the Amelia program.
1: Yeah. You know what? I'm, I should. That was one thing I noticed about finishing the, the book too. It's been a while now, but I remember when I finished it, I was like, wait, how do I start my day now? What am I <laughs> supposed to do without calling in the walk?"
0: Well, you know what? Maybe we should just both get the A Course in Miracles and do that one together.
1: Yeah, we should. And if any mm-hmm. of our listeners want to join us, you're welcome to to. Read along with us,
0: yes, yes, please do.
1: All right, so we'll be back in two weeks to talk about fitness with Kitty. Uh, you can rate, comment, and follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast from. You can also donate to our podcast on our coffee page, Medicine in the Kitchen. So that's coffee.com slash medicine in the kitchen. Invite your friends to join our community and improve their health. And you can follow us on our social media at Felicia Senza
0: ND and Sweet Nutritionista as well. The coffee page is ko F I. Sounds like coffee, but it's not coffee.
1: Yes. Good,
0: good distinction to make there. <laughs> we will be posting bi-weekly. Thank you for joining us. See you next time and happy